What's worse than fur in your PC? How about ash from a forest fire? Can DJI's Osmo Mobile 2 keep up with Shannon's Vlogmas, Dupe Guru, Windows Modern Drivers, and more? All coming up on Tech Thing. This episode of Tech Thing is brought to you by Ops Genie. Your next incident doesn't stand a chance. I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patty Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we have something useful in every single show. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The gift that keeps on giving. Let me guess, forest fires. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got a most excellent, okay, first of all, it's so many lessons for all of us to absorb before mayhem descends upon our local community, wherever your local community by me. Very true. I bring this up, uh, Allison Chaikin. Allison, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Uh, a few days ago, she sent out this awesome tweet. The aftermath of Paradise, California fire. If you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe you should disassemble and clean your computers. Oh. Oh, yeah. Whoa, that's intense. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew, that's gross. Yeah. Okay, the worst that I usually have to deal with is my cat's fur. And generally, it's not that bad because I got, you know, the nice netting over my fans. Big plus. A long time ago, mm. I, I there was a cat person. Yeah. And their PC was on the floor. Yeah. And they kind of knew their cat was sleeping on the PC. Yeah. But they didn't realize how much of the cat ended up inside the PC. And we oh literally, no. you could have, like, knit a kitten out of the fur. <laughs> we, like, literally, there was a bolus of fur inside the thing. It was... Fascinating. Yeah, that sounds a little gross. <laughs> it was a lot gross. Allison added, when I blew out the case, I could actually smell smoke again. No <gasps> wow. joke. So or, do that outside. Well, I mean, think about it. Let's say, you know, there's, let's say right here, maybe that's actual, could have that have been the, you know, particulate matter. It's yeah. little tiny bits of whatever was burning. Yeah. And a Ugh. whole lot of wood burn. Yuck. Oh my goodness. So. Thank you for sending that note in, Allison. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad I have wow. the insane four-inch-thick Merv 11 filter. Uh, the, the HVAC guys are like, you. you're insane. Why I need to check my home house? filter because it's just bad. Just swap it. Well, it's probably yeah. really clogged at this point. Yeah, um, I need to check it. Nobody's really mocking me for, for this. So this, this filter is ridiculous. Um, we got to change them like every six months but it grabs like 60 or 70% of one to three micron particles. Oh, I wow. wanted a MERV 13, which is like a hospital grade one, and the HVAC guy was like, yeah, no, you, you <laughs> no. No, you don't, no. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, it was interesting, I know Sarah was much more comfortable, my wife Sarah was much more comfortable when the we basically left the fan running and filtering the air pretty much 24 seven for about five or six days. Wow. So the. That's probably a good idea, though. Yeah, well, filter out all the bad. The new filter came in, so I'll be pulling the old filter, and I'm kind of half tempted to see what the old filter looks like, and kind of half tempted to think that, wow, the inside of Allison's PC case is probably a lot like what the inside of my lungs looked like that <laughs> week. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Man. Wear your N95 particulate masks, and yes. maybe put one on your PC. Excellent tip. Thank you so much, Allison. Again, really appreciate it. And I know that now I'm going to be heading home tonight and I will take my computer out back and I'm going to suck whatever I can out of that machine because it's probably looking just as bad. Fortunately, like my NAS box and, and most of that stuff is all in a relatively enclosed, oh, encapsulated good. environment. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm just thinking about the idea of having to clean up something like this in a data center. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Gosh, that would be a lot of hard work. Oh my goodness. So, big announcement last week. Intel uh, said they were going to start doing uh, universal Windows drivers. And this is... Well, really? Here, getting started. This is a wonderful article at, at, uh, at Microsoft, getting started with universal drivers. Um, essentially, the idea is a developer creates a single driver package that runs across multiple different device types from embedded systems to tablets and desktop PCs. Okay. Sounds that like sounds cool. It does, actually. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like really useful. I like the concept. Um, I do, too. So Intel is releasing the, the upgrades for the graphics drivers. And as you dig in here, uh, Microsoft is changing the way that hardware drivers work on the universal Windows platform, Windows 10 and later, and Microsoft Windows Server 2019. Hardware running on these operating systems can use Windows Modern Drivers, also known as Universal Windows Drivers or UWDs. Note that Microsoft requires the use of Windows Modern Drivers for Windows 10, 1809, mm. RS5, and later. Okay, so and they're going to require this. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a thing moving forward. Okay. And if you're wondering how you get them. I am. <laughs> I was the same. My my, I, I want the new drivers. Yeah. Um, I was also kind of like new driver architecture. I know it sounds <laughs> a little bit scary because you know scared, if you I'm update like scared, BIOS I'm drivers scared. or something, it can totally break your computer if you're not careful. It generally. So I try to wait on yeah. things like that. But for the most part, drivers for like you know wireless or my mouse or my trackpad or whatever, generally those are perfectly fine. We had a, a viewer question, and I apologize for not having it up here, but the the person asked, should I get my drivers from the manufacturer, mm -hmm. Windows Update, or, or from like Intel or NVIDIA? And I think both of us, we get our GPU drivers from AMD or NVIDIA. Yeah. Um, if you have a laptop, you almost always, and traditionally have always had to get your drivers from the manufacturer, yep. because you can't actually download, for example, the Intel drivers for your laptop in yep. a lot of cases. Um, and desktops, I used to go to the motherboard manufacturer mm -hmm. first, and if they yeah, haven't done an update too. in like three years, then I see if one of uh, Intel's install tools will give me the drivers I think I need or, or, or I'm desperately afraid not to have. Um, yeah. So the, the new thing is the Intel Driver and Support Assistant. Oh. It's not that new, but... Okay. Uh, or maybe it is new and I just wasn't paying attention. Um, so the idea is that it's going to detect your machine's configuration, identify your current Intel drivers, and notify you of any drivers that need updating. Woo! Okay, that sounds cool. And then give you the opportunity to update those drivers. Okay. Yay! Just be know, just beware, doesn't work on Windows Server yet. Oh, okay. But I suspect a lot well, of Well, that's you okay. I don't use Windows Server. <laughs> Not at home, anyway. <laughs> um, so it was weird. So I was fascinated like the idea that drives are going to work on all the devices. Yeah. Uh, but what happens though is Intel's going to release a driver. Um, OEMs can tweak the driver, mm. or you can download it from the manufacturer in theory. Uh, you might have to, depending on who the manufacturer of your device is, because as we know, some manufacturers are better than others in releasing uh, drivers. And yep. so I started digging into the frequently asked questions about Windows DCH drivers or Intel graphics. So pretty much like Skylake, Apollo Lake, Gemini Lake, Cobby Lake, uh, Coffee Lake. I was digging through there. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure the Cobby Lake uh, Intel 620 in the laptop I was testing on, it's it's listed, right? Yeah. We got the 620, we it's got Cobby Lake, we're That's here. Good. And I'm thinking this could be full of pain, but you know what? Um, actually, we should say this could be full of pain because Intel very clearly says, rolling back an older driver is, quote, a complex process that can result in system instability. Yay. And that's why we back everything up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I went for it for you. I installed the Intel driver and support assistant on a laptop I was about to wipe and rebuild anyway. 
and it was pretty anticlimactic. It goes to a, you know, you open up the toolbar down in the corner, and then you launch the application, then it launches a browser window. And in my case, there was nothing to update. And it said a customized computer manufacturer driver is installed in your computer. The well, Intel that's driver boring. and support assistant is not able to update the driver. Installing a generic Intel driver instead of the customized computer manufacturer driver may cause technical issues. Contact I'm not making this so up, by the way. They're Just making it harder for you. <laughs> and it was like, contact your computer manufacturer Aww. for the latest driver for your computer. Oh man. So I swung by uh, Dell's support pages for the XPS uh, 13, and I found a BIOS update I didn't know was up from uh, a week and a half ago. Okay. So yeah, remember, kids, keep the updater turned on or check your uh, motherboard or laptop manufacturer's website regularly, and you might find out you have treats. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no modern Windows driver yet. I don't know why. I, I, I want magical things to happen yeah. when the, the modern Windows driver Now, how often would you say that somebody should go out and look for uh, all their driver updates? I do it like <laughs> once a year where I'll just go out to all the different driver sites or wherever and see if there's any updates that I need to do. Otherwise, <laughs> I just leave like automatic updating on for everything else. I have disabled the tool from every hardware manufacturer, motherboard, or laptop manufacturer I have ever run. I have disabled their automatic driver update tool. You have? Like Windows, I leave it in. Software, I leave it in. Yeah. Well, except for iTunes. iTunes, I, I don't want anything running in the background. Yeah. Um, but I've always, I, I've often turned them off yeah. uh, on anything I was running for a long period of time. So I usually wipe the operating system and put a clean install on. Um, so usually when things aren't working properly, then I go to the <laughs> website That's and when I look for fresh drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so wait till it breaks. Yeah. I mean, like every six months, I usually check. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. If I were a better consumer, I'd run the software that was provided by the manufacturer that's designed to update and maintain the viability of my hardware well into the future. I never use those. <laughs> Do you use those? <laughs> More info about modern Windows drivers as we get it. If you install, if you, if you have run the installer and you have new drivers installed, if they are impacting, say, gameplay, not that you're doing a lot of gameplay on an Intel 620, uh, let us know what you're seeing. We are curious, and there are many of you and just two of us. DJI makes gimbals for mobile phones, and I was totally sold on the first one when it released a couple of years ago. Well, the brand new DJI Osmo Mobile 2 is DJI's update to the original Osmo Mobile that I had reviewed like way back in the day. So I just got this one. It was actually on a Black Friday deal, which I was super excited about. <laughs> uh, they currently sell them for 129 bucks over on Amazon. I got it for 119 and it came with a padded case, a little mini flex tripod, because it does have the screw on the bottom, so you can screw it into the head of a will, tripod, which is great. Will the mini flex tripod actually hold this whole thing, or will it just I mean, tip over? if it's not sideways, <laughs> then it'll definitely tip over. And it also came with this little third-party stand, too, which is great whenever mm -hmm. I'm vlogged, missing all by myself, and I made a stand, just a very simple table stand for my DJI Osmo Mobile 2. So this one has tons of upgrades over the previous model, and it costs less than the original. A lot less. Yeah, a lot less. Uh, the original one was $299, and this one is only $129 MSRP. If that's my math a big is right, difference. That's like 170 bucks. Yep, that's a <laughs> big difference. So this one came out earlier this year. 
but I did hold out on purchasing it until the price dropped even further because I'm all about those coupons <laughs> and everything. You know. I'm all about that deals life. So the Osmo Mobile 2, as you can tell, it's lighter. I'm able to hold it in my hand. It's 1.08 pounds uh, for a long period of time. I can just stand there and hold it. It's great. It's easier to hold for that longer period. It has a built-in battery down at the bottom where you hold it, uh, and that's where you can charge it. You can charge it off any USB micro USB charger, which is great. Mm -hmm. Their original one had a proprietary replaceable battery that could only be charged with the included DJI cable or a third-party DJI. Uh, branded Sounds like DJI charger. drones, which I love yeah, their battery exactly, packs. Exactly. Their battery packs are awesome, but they're very DJI. And you might be like, oh, well, you can't replace the battery on this thing now. The battery lasts longer too. So it lasts up to 15 hours is what they state. So far, I've used it for two days worth of vlogs for my Vlogmas mm -hmm. videos on my personal channel uh, before it got even close to dead. And that was about 13 hours worth of having it on. And I had it set in the stand and it was just like following me and I was just doing all sorts of vlogs. That's a long day. It was a very long day. Yeah, so it worked It worked very, very well. And if your phone is dying while you're trying to use this thing, you can use the USB 2.0 port, which is located right here on the back. And you can charge <laughs> your phone when the Osmo is not in use. Now you will notice that when my phone is locked on here, I'm covering up the power port because that's where the DJI Osmo Mobile 2 sits against the power port. Now shoot I could scoot down. it out. I could shoot upside down, but then the bar will be on the way of the camera. I could scoot it out, but then it's not going to be level because the camera will be too heavy. Mm. So I would like to take it off I would have to take it off to use the charging feature. I'm not going to carry around this as an external battery pack when I could easily just carry my anchor battery that's like half the size or less. <laughs> so having the ability to power my phone through the USB on the back is kind of a moot point and it really doesn't matter to me. I would rather that the gimbal have built-in wireless Qi charging for phones or it be positioned so that the gimbal piece on this side is not covering up where the port is to charge the phone so that I could actually use it while I'm using the gimbal. <laughs> that would be useful for me, not just using this as another external battery pack. That don't make any sense. I feel like anything they can put a, a USB, like anything they can put an extra USB jack on to tell you you can charge yeah, your phone just, off Oh, of you can charge your phone. Yeah, but you're covering up the port while I want to use it. So that doesn't make well, any on sense on the to plane me. flight. Once you empty out your first 20 or 30,000 hours of batteries. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm not going to drain the battery in here if I want to use it. <laughs> have they changed the controls much? Because it looks really no, similar. They really haven't. So if you have the original, you're not going to have a learning curve with this one. You still have the same controls as the original. You have the power mode, uh, the mode button, which is also the same as the power. There's the recording and shutter, and there's also the joystick, which allows you to move it up and <sighs> down like so. There's also a zoom in and out slider on the side, which is really cool. So it still connects over Bluetooth via the DJI Go app. This is separate from their DJI Go 4 app, which is for newer products like the newest drones. This is for the older products. So they included this with the DJI Go app. Make sure you download the right one, not <laughs> DJI Go 4. I also wanna say that this one is way more graceful with the application than the older model. Uh, this new one, 
connecting over Bluetooth was way faster than mm -hmm. with the older one. The app worked very well with my Android phone. Some of the features did not work so well with the older model. Uh, the gimbal works best whenever you are walking or you want to do pans and tilts. It's very steady. It's very graceful. Unless you hit it, and then it kind of freaks out. So if you hit it, it might lose that gimbal stabilization. So if the cat Oh, so it's, it? it's doing good right now. But like last night, my cat was whacking the thing while I was trying to record <laughs> my Christmas tree. And every time she did it, it was like, we lost stabilization. And then it freaked out. And I was just like, OK, well, I have to reset it now. <laughs> Can somebody put a phone, if, you, if, a, if somebody so wants annoying. to shoot with it and they don't have the app installed, can they actually still run the gimbal? Yeah, you can totally just open up your camera app and use it as a gimbal, not connect over Bluetooth. It just means you won't be able to use the mode buttons and the shutter button and the wide, or the zoom, zoom slider. And that's pretty much it. And then there's some extra features in the application. They do automatic subject tracking where if you have this sitting in a stand, and you click on a person's face, it'll follow them as really? long as they're in front of the camera. Yeah, so even if you like walk all the way around, it'll follow you around. It's really fun. So I'll show you some B-roll of me doing that. Uh, there's also motion time lapse, which will hold the phone in a steady position as it moves from left to right or up and down as it's doing a time lapse. So you get that nice pan of a time lapse, like over a city The real estate agent shot. Oh, it's it's like <laughs> super fancy. It's super fancy. Including like my vlogs. a recently modernized kitchen with extraordinary stylistic contributions mm -hmm. such as... My vlogs are about to get so fancy up in here. <laughs> and now I did mention with larger phones, you might have some issues. Uh, you can calibrate the gimbal in the application, which is very useful if you have a larger phone because I noticed when I turned this on and didn't do any calibrations, I just set it to the farthest out point that I could it make it. tilted? It was a little bit tilted like this. Oh, it freaked out on me. It was a little tilted like that. So I had to go in and I had to actually calibrate the phone. And now that I've made it sideways, let me double click on that and recenter the camera. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Now, I did want to mention as well, because this was just announced too, this is the DJI Osmo Pocket. So this is a handheld three-axis gimbal stabilizer. It sounds like it has the same technology built into this new one, but this is $200 more, and it has a shorter battery life. It but only does about two hours. Yes, it is a camera. Uh, it's also much smaller in form factor, and it does not ah. drain your phone's battery since it's going to be saving all of your, all of your video or your photos to a uh, SD card that you stick right inside this little camera. So this is a camera that they just came out with, um, but I think it's for a different market. I, I couldn't imagine myself getting use out of this when I could use this and record straight to this and export all my videos straight from my phone, which also has an editing app built in. So everything that I need is right here to do an entire YouTube video. Well, this one, it sounds like I would have to export it or use a separate application from DJI to edit. Or just, I, I, I see Or just my, don't edit. <laughs> no, I just, I see my kids running around with these and doing wondrous and slightly yeah. terrifying things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I love the fact that it's got the little LED monitor on yeah. the back. I'm, I am fascinated. It's perfect time for Christmas. So, so if people, if people can find themselves using this stabilizer and the stabilization from this new one from the videos I've seen look amazing. So I really want to test it out. I just don't think that I would need it since I already have this one. Well, you and also it's way have a cheaper. thousand dollar phone that you want to take advantage of the camera on. Yep. So exactly. If you have a jank phone, <laughs> it doesn't have a very good camera. So you know me, I'm all about that gimbal life. <laughs> I love the gimbal lifestyle. I'm all about the fancy. Now this video. is only your third. This is my third. 
<laughs> well, I gotta say, <laughs> that's my third gimbal. <laughs> Why? Well, so a, a friend of ours is on his fifth or seventh. Yeah. Um, Yep. You had a, a short relationship with an inexpensive Chinese gimbal, <laughs> which I believe yep. <laughs> went back to Amazon in like 36 hours. Uh, pretty much, yeah. It was a train yeah. wreck. <laughs> but this is at the price of the train wreck gimbal, except it's made by DJI. Who exactly. Since they're, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by all of the places DJI shows up. Uh, me too. And they've done a really good job with this. I'm very excited to continue using this. And um, for some like real life examples day to day, mm -hmm. I'm continuing to use this for my vlogs, for my personal channel. If you find yourself walking around with a camera and then wanting to vomit when you're watching the video later on because the camera's going like this, a gimbal may be just the thing you need. Look, taco mode. So cool. Ask at techthing.com if you have any questions or comments about the DJI gimbal. I can also answer any questions about other gimbals as well. So And cameras. Yep. She likes to talk about cameras too. I do. At snubs or at techthing on Twitter too. Stuff happens. Incidents happen if you're in technology and the best incident, the one your customers never notice. Incidents are inevitable, but how your company responds, that's the difference between happy customers and lost sales and a reputation you just don't want to be associated with. It all comes down to how your company responds. Getting alerts immediately to the right person, it's critical when an incident occurs. That's why there's Ops Genie by Atlassian. Ops Genie empowers dev and ops teams to plan for service disruptions and to stay in control during incidents. Helps to notify all the right people through a smart combination of scheduling and escalation paths that takes into account things like time zones and holidays. You know, normal life. Is there somebody up in the knock? Shouldn't they get the heads up rather than waking people up at the other end of the country? If somebody's on vacation, shouldn't their replacement automatically be notified? You know, instead of the person on the beach? And it's not just via email. OpsGenie can send alerts over SMS, mobile push, and voice call. We're talking deep flexibility in how, when, and where alerts are deployed. And with support for over 200 integrations like Jira, Amazon CloudWatch, Datadog, New Relic, and more, it's amazing. It even tracks all the activity and provides useful insights to improve future incident responses. You know what happened, when, and how to make it better next time. Nothing, nothing drives me crazier than the internet going out unless it's, say, the movie I'm watching. With the kids crashing in the middle of the show, even if this downtime only lasts a couple of minutes, it impacts customers, it impacts me, it impacts you. It costs businesses serious money. Give the unsung heroes in your company a better tool to fight the good fight. With OpsGenie, your next incident doesn't stand a chance. Visit OpsGenie.com to sign up to get a free company account and add up to five team members. You don't even need a credit card. That's OpsGenie.com. Never miss a critical alert again with OpsGenie. And our thanks to Atlassian OpsGenie for their support of TechThing. Did you ever find yourself with 11 copies of, say, the same collection of photos? Yep. On a drive? Yep. Yeah. All the time. Especially between multiple machines. I backed up an iPhone to the same folder like three times. Yeah. Uh, and then at, uh, back in the day, I, I manually went through it because apparently I was, I was too slow to realize that there were duplicate file finding tools. <laughs> and recently, rather than go through 2,000 files manually erasing the extras, I decided to use a tool that automates the process. I like this. And the first two or three tools I looked at, one of them didn't actually find duplicate files. Oh. Because it was broken. It was okay. a particularly old piece of stuff. 
That's the word we use here at Tech <laughs> Stuff, because we're yes. family friendly. Um, <laughs> and the next one I found worked, but it was fairly pricey for what mm. I wanted it to do. And then I stumbled across this. And I, I don't know where I found it, but I'm thankful that I found oh. it. It's called Dupe Guru. Okay. A cross-platform Linux iOS 10 and Windows GUI tool to find duplicate files in a system. X64, Linux, OS 10, and look, kids, source code. <gasps> it's Yay! open source. Cool. Yeah, apparently it started as shareware. It's now open source, if I'm reading the history of it right. Okay. And it's really, really good. I like the sound of this. I like the sound of this, too, because yeah. it's free and it's good. And what's better than free or good? And I have not been able to find good duplicate finding software yet. Um, and who knows? Maybe one of you has something you think buries this behind the barn with Old Yeller. And <laughs> if you do, email us, askatechthing.com. But part yes. of what's so slick about this, um, it can scan file names, it can scan contents, and the file name scan, it's got sort of a fuzzy matching algorithm that can find duplicate file names even if they're not exactly the same. <gasps> oh, dope. Yeah. That's so cool. it kind of has, it has layers, it has depth. Yay. It's like an onion. Um, it does that fuzzy matching for pics, which is really cool. Uh, so basically, it's what a rough. What is fuzzy matching? So for it gets picks? a rough idea of two pictures, okay. and then compares them and tries to figure out if they're duplicates. It takes a whole lot huh. of horsepower and time, but the whole application is actually really, really simple. Cool. You just point it at the file you're looking for dupes in, and you let it run. Okay. So this was just like a gigabyte or two of files. Uh, we we sort of cut and pasted a bunch of extras in here. And if you look at this, you can go through and look at all of the duplicate files in there so that cool. you... Yeah. Well, it's also cool because you can make sure it doesn't touch certain parts of your PC. You can lock down areas of your PC to make sure they don't get touched. Uh, but my favorite thing here is when you go to Actions and you can mark them all. Let's mark the dupes only. Oh, look at that. Oh. And then you can basically, in one click, make all of this disappear. Oh you can do the recycle gosh. bin, you can move it to a particular folder, you can copy it to a particular folder. Um, it's this is gonna save me so much time. It was, it has actually, so in the case of the crazy uh, DAS, I so I have, I have like 13 gigabytes or 11 or 13 gig, terabytes, gigabytes, terabytes, gigabytes. Wow. I've got 400 gigabytes in my phone, people. Um, <laughs> well, 400. <laughs> terabytes 16 or something so in the case of the crazy uh, this sort of desktop attached storage box I had it um, it ran for about 10 or 12 hours okay because there were 11.5 terabytes of files for dupe guru to sort through so it needs to take its time well in this case I mean, for this was terabytes of data yeah this was a lot of data to say that I was impressed with the results is an understatement um, yeah. it identified identical files with the same name identical files with different names uh, modifications of names uh, and again, like I showed you before, you can go and you can select them, you can remove them from your results, you can move them to the recycling bin, you can copy them, you can export a report as HTML or a CSV if you Ooh. want to sort of leisurely take your time to examine the That's results cool. of the scan. In any case, 11.5 terabytes, 35,365 files, 234 folders, and Dupe Guru cleared up 2.86 terabytes of space on the NAS in duplicated files. What? Something like 5,398 duplicate files were found. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I really need to do this at home. It's a nice piece of software. Yay. Super customizable. I've only kind of scratched the surface on it. Uh, I think it's pretty slick and oh, it's Linux and it's OS 10. And it's Windows. I only tested I it on that. Windows because there's no OS, OS 10 left on my house, and none of my Linux systems are crufted up enough to <laughs> be 
really scanned anything on. And I'm assuming it's free. It's free. Oh, totally free. Cool. Dupeguru.voltaicideas.net is the website. Awesome. And yes, I will put a link to that in the show notes because that is a mouthful to type out. <laughs> Got a, a tool you think is even better? You got a software item you can't live without? A software item? A utility? A utility. Is there something you want us to share with the audience? Let us it's know. it's so awesome. It's exploding out of your heart and onto the internet. And if you ever see shareware, shareware that's amazing like this one, consider donating to the people that run it. Yes, or the open that's source crew. Yes, or the open source crew. Yes, definitely. Askatechthing.com if you have questions or if you have even better duplicate finding applications. We would love to find them, especially me because I need something good out there. I got two or three terabytes of photos to go through. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a real challenge. Yep. Something in the neighborhood of 70,000 photos to scan. Dude. <laughs> I every time I, I pull the, the 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 JPEGs off my phone, it's typically like 70,000 or no, excuse me. Sorry. 8 to 10,000. Really? Yeah. A little bit less with this wow. phone. Uh, but this phone's also constantly <sighs> copying them up to the internet. Yeah, true. Yay, Google Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Askatechthing.com. Send us emails. We got an email from Jeff who said, Patrick, as you are an audiophile, I thought you would want to know about this. From the Feisty Duck TLS newsletter, <laughs> quote, Sennheiser has shipped a TLS root certificate with its headset software. And there's a PDF attached, a vulnerability similar to the Superfish incident from Jeff in San Diego, California. Now, I did not have a chance to talk about this story this week, especially on ThreatWire, but since a lot of our viewers use Sennheiser products, I figured that we should probably talk about it right here. But TLDR, you're probably fine. Yeah. And you're for, good. Jeff, I always appreciate a heads up. And yeah, I got a good, healthy freak out going on when I first... <laughs> Saw the headlines on this. A lot I, of people did. Yeah, because I regularly use Sennheiser's HD1, uh, their Bluetooth Aptex headphones, which are fantastic. And I was wondering just how they were exposing me. Mm -hmm. How was this? Ex it was it was weird. So I was like, wait a minute. It's, Who knows all my secrets? Yeah. Well, or <laughs> who's spoofing HTTPS connections? Yeah. Then I dug into the reports and realized I'd never even heard, much less installed, this piece of software. Um, Head Setup or Head Setup Pro, which essentially helps Sennheiser's office headsets and speakerphones work smoothly with software telephony. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So props to the register who actually, I, I love the register.co.uk, but they created this. Look at this. Oh my cord. Sennheiser hits bum note with major HTTPS certificate cock up. Oh Audio files goodness. could get played like a fiddle. Have their web traffic snooped by son of a pitch scammers. <laughs> so as somebody who used to... <laughs> I need a moment. I need a moment. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is some amazing writing right there. There's a lot going on there. Somebody who probably okay. worked in newspapers or magazines finally got They've been waiting. unleashed. They were waiting for that moment. On one hand, that's <laughs> awesome. On the other hand, props to the register and a lot of other websites for creating panic around the Sennheiser customers least likely to be attacked by this. Audiophiles, audio geeks with high-end headphones, which yep. don't actually run this software. Especially given that if there are businesses that have standardized on Sennheiser gear that uses headset up, i.e., you know, maybe there's a call center out there. Yeah. Maybe there's a large enterprise that uses a lot of Sennheiser gear. Uh, and uh, this could be a really gnarly vector for spoofing HTTPS secured websites. Yep. Shannon, can I have a here comes the man in the middle attack? Oh, I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm here for you. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, my lack of panic aside, it's a really nasty screw-up uh, that offers hackers a chance to spoof an HTTPS connection on literally any machine that has the self-signed root TLS certificate installed by version or head setup version 7.3. Mm -hmm. What makes it super awesome is that uninstalling that uh, software or later versions of the software didn't actually clear the vulnerable certificate. So the machine remains vulnerable even after the software is uninstalled because the uh -oh. cert just sits there forever. Well, Microsoft's got her back, though. Yeah, fortunately. Uh, Microsoft has removed a user mode trust for these certificates, and the new Mac and Windows versions of the software should actually remove that certificate. Uh, so, Yay. you know, props to Sennheiser for sort of being like, we made an oops, we are going to fix it. Um, cue monumental, massive arguments on the internet about whether or not, you know, the fundamental architecture of the internet is broken if this can happen. It's evil, it's clueless software engineers that should have known this could happen. In any case, I have links. If you want to get sort of severely nerdy on this, uh, Ars Technica has a lovely article uh, that also includes links on how to manually remove the certs and some pretty good detail on WTF, the flaw left open, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yay. Oh, look, there's the Sennheiser HD1s I used. Generally speaking, probably not impacted by this unless you maybe installed it by accident <laughs> or maybe it will work i don't know yeah i've never probably use a different photo for that article though yeah and you know it, they spell it out really clearly following a vulnerability identified sennheiser headset up and headset up pro new versions have been made available cool yeah get rid of the vulnerable certificates so one uh that sucks two i don't even know if this will even work with the headset most often pictured. It, prob no, probably, it probably won't. <laughs> I'm not installing it to find out. No. <laughs> I, I installed the Intel Windows drivers. I'm feeling like I've played enough on the edge. <laughs> yeah, you're gambling. You're gambling this week. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff, for sending yeah. that in. And of course, if anybody else out there sees any kind of interesting news that you think we should talk about on the show, let us know. Email us, askatechthing.com. Please do. We also wanted to send a huge shout out over to Hack5 for the studio space. If you're interested, you can check out the Security and Privacy podcast, including Darren Kitchen and myself, over at hak5.org. And then, don't forget, it is time to hack your holidays. There are some amazing sales going on right now on all sorts of amazing pen testing and USB automation tools. I use them all the time for education. and. Don't forget Cloud C2. This makes penetration testing easy from anywhere you go, and we have a whole customer support backing that up. Super excited about that, and it was just released. So definitely check it out if you're interested in supporting Hack5. That's hak5.org. Thanks, Hack5. And remember, once in a while, put down your phone, step away from the screen, close your laptop, and do something analog, like Jeep and Dave, who writes, I was four-wheeling in the Colorado mountains. And yes! he included this amazing photo of his Jeep in the mountains, and it looks so gorgeous. <sighs> I want to go up there in the Colorado mountains. That just sounds so incredible to me. We got mountains like four hours that way. I know. They're not the Rockies, but I they know. are technically mountains. That is true. <laughs> Jeep and Dave <laughs> also pointed out that he couldn't hear Patrick's audio, but he could hear me fine. I know, <laughs> that's my fault. I'm not an audio expert, but I am trying to figure out all these audio and proper levelings and condensing and uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and it's very confusing, but I'm trying. So thank you for your feedback and thank you for letting me know that you can't hear the audio right. Keep it up, I appreciate it. Thank you for the constructive feedback. Well, hopefully in episode 205, we didn't have the big sort of, we've compressed it 
Now we're going to elevate it back up, and hopefully everyone is happy at that point. I hope so. And if you're not, email us, <laughs> askatechthing.com. Don't fire me. Don't fire I'm us. I'm working on it. <laughs> and I, audio and Premiere is a wonderful opportunity to have deep learning experiences that are emotionally traumatic when yep. things don't quite go the way you thought they did. Especially when they removed the effects that you used to use in Adobe Premiere Pro a year ago. They're no longer available now. Found new effects. Thanks, Adobe. We love you guys. <laughs> it's a lovely application. <laughs> it occasionally has more depth than it. Yup. If you got analog picks, let us know. Askatechnic.com. Make sure to put analog in the subject line so that we see it. So much compression. I know. So much. <laughs> so much madness. I'm Adam Norton. I'm Shannon Morris. We'll see you next week on Tech. We should do something really loud and then do something really soft so that I can check the peak levels in Adobe Premiere Pro and see if it works. <laughs> I can't believe you actually managed to find this building, son! You are the saddest excuse for a Marine that has ever been by this planet! I'm so glad we don't have upstairs gamers right now because actually, they would probably just be like, what is going on down there? In a second, we're going to see Darren's face at the bottom of the window going. Is anyone, are you guys okay? Is everything, Sorry, Darren. O- is everything okay in there? <laughs> Thank you so much for watching, everyone, and we will see you again.